Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky Show for Friday, December 27th is just moments away. But before we get into that, we need to thank the following unions for sponsoring this program. First up, the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, sponsored this program, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. We really appreciate those unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. And, of course, today's Ben Jarofsky Show was brought to you in part by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Ben Jarofsky, hit us with that song of the day. There'll be shadows in the moonlight. I don't even like that song. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, December 27th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's a holiday edition of the Ramana Rundown with Sun-Times editor Ramana Hussein. And we're wrapping up our 20 new Illinois laws of 2020. That's correct. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist. Nice shirt, by the way. Thank you. Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Nice Shirt Friday. And here's why. Actually, we're not calling that at all, but he said nice shirt. It just popped into my mind. Anyway. Interesting column today's bright ones, Chicago Sun-Times, home delivered as always by Jacob Sullum. Jacob Sullum is a columnist for the Sun-Times. Maybe once a week he has a column in the bright one. He is a libertarian by persuasion. Now, I have a confession to make, D. I'm generally... Here we go. Let's hear it. Happy New Year. I am generally dubious about libertarians. Yes. As I see it, libertarians, people who call themselves libertarians, are basically Republicans who are ashamed to admit that they're Republicans. So they call themselves libertarians. That way they get to distinguish themselves from the yahoos like Trump and George W. Bush in the Republican Party. They can say it when they go to a cocktail party, they can go, I am not a Republican. I am a libertarian. You know, like that It makes it better or something like there's a great principle I'm not a racist. I'm not a bigot. I uh, I do not hate people by because of the color of their skin. No, there are principles that I believe in, libertarian principles. Anyway, that's uh, generally my attitude about libertarians. They're t- too cowardly to come right out and say that they're Republicans and they hate paying taxes, so they're probably cheap. But having said that, I have to give uh, Solemn credit. He wrote a very interesting column. 
at least that was my. I finally. I've been reading and talking so much about Obama that I'm starting to talk like yeah, Obama. Yeah, you're some Obama. <laughs> uh, you know, I saw a picture of Obama. I said, talk about him. Anyway, uh, Solomon's column uh, <laughs> uh, gets it. Why the uh, Obamacare uh, is unconstitutional? Yes, yes. Obamacare has been on my mind a lot late, lately, folks. Uh, but Obamacare is perhaps the greatest, the most significant achievement of Barack Obama's eight years in office. Uh, it, of course, he. He uh, uh, was was a failure in one one level. Uh, he failed to provide Medicare for all across the board, uh, and he kept the profit motive in insurance. But he uh, did uh, get away with um, he did provide more insurance for more people, and he got it got away forced insurance companies to insure uh, uh, people who are sick or ill. So good for Obamacare uh, on one level. If you view it as a first step in a process to something better that we all need, like health care for all, then it's absolutely a great achievement. Of course, it seems to be going in the other direction, as uh, Solemn points out. My greatest problem with Solemn's column is not uh, what he writes about, because I think Solemn's he Solemn's does- column? <laughs> yes, yeah, Solemn's column. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, pre-existing conditions. That's what I was thinking about. Sometimes words just, just don't pop into my mouth. Yeah, words. Um, but uh, anyway, the great achievement of Solemn's uh, column, <laughs> Solemn's column, uh, <laughs> is the information it provides as he picks apart the reasons why uh, Barack Obama's great achievement, Obamacare, is on the ropes. But the part I ha- problem I have with it is the tone of the column he's gleeful he's jubilant because he sees obamacare about to fall apart because of various judicial rulings that have been pushed on egged on by the trump administration as solemn sees it the world's greatest problem with obamacare is the mandate and the mandate in obamacare is a law that says people have to buy insurance and then employers have to uh, provide insurance and if people don't buy insurance they have to pay a, fi- a fine and that's the key in, uh, provision of obamacare that's the whole thing on which it rests if without the, the provision the mandate there probably wouldn't be obamacare because there would be no way to make it worthwhile for insurers to provide insurance. And this is something I learned about insurance back in the old days. Business law in high school. You ever take business law in high school? Never. <laughs> it's one of the best classes I took. I took it in summer school. I was not the greatest scholar of all time. I confess as life goes on, I've been more honest about my Good. you know, academic failures. Uh, but uh, I took business law in summer school. And I... I think I, I definitely passed business law, but they taught, taught us thing like insurance. And as they laid it out, insurance is a bet. Uh, you are betting in this case for health insurance that you will not get sick. Uh, they, excuse me, that you will get sick. And if you do get sick, you can turn to the insurer for benefits to pay for uh, your health care. And the insurance company is betting that you won't get sick and they won't have to uh, pay out uh, to your uh, health care provider, your doctor, etc. And then they just get to keep all your premiums. The more people that get sick, the less in premiums the insurers get to keep, the more they have to pay out, the less money they make. That's why insurers don't want to insure sick sick people. And that's why really healthy people don't want to buy insurance. Why buy insurance if you're really healthy and you're never going to use it, right, D? That's how insurance works. It's a bet. It's a gamble. A judge in Texas has ruled that the mandate uh, of Obamacare is unconstitutional, making Sullen very happy. Obviously, Jacob Sullen is exceedingly healthy, or he works for a company that provides him 
generous insurance benefits, or he's one of the rare people in the world who doesn't care if he gets sick, because what matters to him is the principle. And the principle is that we should not require people to have to buy insurance. I don't think it's the principle. I, if I had to put money in Vegas, D, I'd say he works for a company that provides him generous Don't insurance. put money on Vegas. Please don't gamble. Anyway, I'd just point out that the Texas judge, the one who's ruled that Obamacare is unconstitutional, is a Republican. His ruling has been partially upheld by an appellate court filled with Republicans. The case against Obamacare is being prosecuted by uh, Trump administration lawyers. More Republicans. Hey, people. Maybe a good idea in 2020 to stop voting for Republicans. Unless, of course, you're like Jacob Sullum and you're fabulously wealthy so you can buy your own insurance or exceedingly healthy that you don't need insurance. Or if you're dedicated to the principle that the thing that's worse than getting really sick and dead broke is having to buy insurance. It's the principle, Ben. I doubt very few people fall in, the file, uh, in, the, in that last category. So here's my suggestion. If you're going to insist on voting for Republicans who destroy what wimpy insurance that we have through Obamacare, if you're going to insist on doing that, even though it is detrimental to the benefit of society, my advice to you is, one, don't be poor. Two, don't get sick. I'm working on Three, that first one. Don't be poor. <laughs> don't really get hard. old. Don't be sick. Don't be poor. Don't get old. Can you think you, think you can accomplish that, D? Yeah, I'll try. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, good luck voting for the Republican Party. We got a great show today, everybody. Romano Hussein will be there. we unpacking all the news of the year. Talk about what? I'll be looking into my crystal ball. Where's my crystal ball? Oh, you left it at home. <laughs> All I could see are the pistachios. Leonard Goodman drop was here yesterday. Excellent show with Leonard Goodman, a civil liberties An lawyer. Excellent pistachios. And he left some pistachios, which Dennis has been consuming ever since, mm. I like to say. Uh, and they put it right there on the guest table. So guests who come in will, oh, wow, pistachios. That'll be a fun bit for a day. Then it'll get on my nerves. No. <laughs> and it'll get rid of them. Uh, just like you got rid of Mark Sims candy, which Mark was so gracious uh, to leave for us. Anyway. So we have a great show, a lot of talk ahead of us. Before we do any of that, the young man from Alton, the man they call the doctor, with the news. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm Dennis. All right. Before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this, off, uh, this afternoon, first off, not a doctor. <laughs> but, uh, Ben, I'm not sure if you realize this or not, but today marks the one-year anniversary of something bad that happened. That's right. Well, I say bad, but it ended up being good because now we're over here at the Sun-Times. Ben, it's the anniversary of you getting fired. <laughs> I didn't. You know, this is... And the end of your short-lived AM radio career. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I did not realize that. So, Ben, looking back... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looking would, back on when I... Was. Please stop singing. Oh, sorry. Would you like to share anything with us? Maybe what you've learned in the last year. Any advice that you can give to those who went through a similar experience to remind everybody that experience again? Getting fired oh, from your radio job. Getting fired from a radio. My God, I did not realize this. By the way, there was no uh, pre-show prep, so this is being uh, dropped on me. Boom, unceremoniously. <laughs> uh, you know, the old doctor didn't tell me he was going to ask me or remind me that, yes, this was the day I was fired. I was called in after my uh, gig was over. Uh, I was set up like a bowling pin. Eight days before yes, they fired were. me, people. <laughs> Eight days. The general manager took me out to Ellie's. Fed Your me favorite some, place. Oh, my favorite. Fed me pancakes. God, you're doing a great job, Ben. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> oh, dude, I was. I set up, folks. Okay, Dennis asked for advice. 
Now, I hate to give advice like don't believe anything anyone tells you, but when your boss tells you you're doing a great job and he loves you, uh-oh, look out. So, oh boy, uh, I forget his name. Uh, yeah, Ben, you forgot his name, too. Uh, we lovingly called him Pinhead, I believe. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, he took me out. He told me I was doing a great job and a wonderful job. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't. And he was a Bulls fan, so after about, you know, it was, it was billed as an evaluation. So after about 10 minutes or so of the evaluation, let's talk about the Bulls, huh? Uh, how about those Bulls? And so we talked about the Bulls. That's my imitation of him, by the way. Uh, and then about a week later, uh, Ben, uh, the same <laughs> boss, called me into a room, goes, you're fired. I was shocked, dude. I didn't see it coming because they set me up like a bowling pin. But looking back... Looking back on when I was a nappy head. But I'll tell you this. With the year it was, you know, now we're, uh, you know, it's the sun times. Yes. It's uh, looking back. This has been a great year at my beloved Bright One. Uh, and uh, this show is a, a lot more fun in a lot of ways than being on AM radio. So I got to say that it worked out, right? It didn't. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have said that a year ago. I was stunned. I was like, Huh? And then afterwards, we we took the bus home together. Remember that? Yeah. The Lawrence Avenue bus. They fired you and kept me. <laughs> and we're riding the bus together. Yeah, we're riding. Oh, that's how we go, folks. Uh, yeah. You know, that dude, old boy fired me. Wait, just. And then as he goes, this is how classy he was. He goes, oh, could you bring Dennis in? <laughs> like, what, are you firing him too? No, we're going to give him a raise or yeah. promotion or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just, you know. Anyway, you know, I was uh, a rookie. I um, had gone my whole life. Well, and uh, like Bruce Bruce says, at least you got pancakes out of the deal. Yeah, I got pancakes out of the And an omelet. Bruce Bruce, it's even better than that. They gave me <laughs> eggs and pancakes and coffee. I think I may have had orange juice as well. Boy, they were really springing big. Had I known, I'd gotten a steak dinner. <laughs> <laughs> they have steak at Ellie's. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. So anyway, I did. I did not uh, go out in the world uh, thinking I would be a, uh, a AM uh, radio show host, a talk show host. The thing sort of just fell in my lap, uh, thanks to uh, young Doctor D over there, and um, I enjoyed it a lot more than I ever realized. Uh, and I wanted to keep it going. God bless the unions, man. God bless the unions. Yeah, they uh, they lent out a, hemp, a helping hand and kept the show going. We're having a lot of fun with it. So um, exactly, yeah. we're having a fun time. You know that happened, but now we're at the studio here at Sun Times. The show's going great. Screw those bastards, <laughs> huh? Who needs them? Yeah, uh, uh, I forget their name. That's uh, WCPT eight twenty AM. By the way, they fired have, you. I still have friends at that station. I still have friends at that station, uh, and I love them dearly. They know right, it. Well, aside from him, screw them. Yeah, was a year ago? Are you sure? One year ago, December twenty seventh, Ben Jarofsky fired. Oh, God, Ben, could you come in here for a second? I remember Yoda. Well, Yoda was the one. Uh, ben, uh, could you come in? I said, Oh my God. You know, I was packing. I just finished the show, you know, and I was packing the stuff up. And the person that replaced me was already calling out to other guests to line them up. For the <laughs> hey, man, it's a brutal business, the radio. I learned that uh, the hard way. Well, you know, the YouTube live stream chat's having fun with this uh, little conversation we were having here. Kyle Young weighed in. He said, hey, you lost your AM gig, but in the end, you gained all of us, the disheveled masses. <laughs> Yeah, I did, man. Me and the disheveled masses. That sounds like a rock group. No uh, kidding. That, that, <laughs> yeah, the disheveled masses. Uh, God, I can't believe you pulled this on me. I know. I he folks, he did not 
prep me for this in any way? He didn't say, oh, Ben, what I'm going to do is when the show begins, I'm going to remind you yeah. that you got fired a year ago. <laughs> it's good for you. It's healthy. I think everybody should go through life getting fired. And 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 particularly with such a, uh, you know, a classy way. First, we set oh, him up. very classy. Yes, yes. <laughs> we took him to the finest restaurant. Uh, I could just see them plotting it. Uh, where should we take him? I know. We'll take him to Ellie's. That dumb knucklehead loves Ellie's. And Thank then, you for uh, watching your language there. That was yeah, good. I almost said I something. I know you Dennis did. is always saying, pretend you're still on AM radio. <laughs> uh, and uh, so they took me to Ellie's and fed me an omelet and pancakes. How about that? Onward and upward, buddy. Who yeah. needs those douchebags? <laughs> All right, now I, let's did, I do miss Ellie's. Okay, right. enough of that. Ellie's is whatever. Mm -hmm. I've had better. All right, now let's uh, talk about what will be happening in Chicago and or Illinois in the new year <laughs> as we continue our 20 new laws in 2020 holiday special. I think we have 11 left. Now, according to the people who actually put all this work together, and we thank them for that, by the way, WTTW Chicago, there are 250 new laws coming to the state of Illinois in the year 2020, a.k.a. next week. <laughs> by the way, can I just tell you this? What? We're not the only one doing this. This is like a common thing. Yeah, slow the, news day, the, dude. I, I noticed like the Sun-Times and the Trip, but they never like point out, you know, like they never say it's a slow news day. They act like, well, we're going to investigate the news, yeah, the new laws, because that's what you want they never come out and admit well we're an honest little program here <laughs> all right there's nothing in the news all Did right? i tell you i got fired a year ago <laughs> yeah there you go all right uh, ben, let's go have some pancakes all right we already know one of these new laws legal recreational marijuana we talk mm -hmm. about it all the time in fact we have an update on legal recreational cannabis in moments but wait listen. you got some no is that the update no oh but hey, listen, stoners and YouTube, Ben, there are other new laws taking place yes. next year. Okay. Laws like this one, mm -hmm. strengthening Scott's law. Scott's law requires motorists to slow down, change lanes and proceed with caution when approaching disabled or emergency vehicles on the side of the highway. SB 1862 increases fines and penalties associated with breaking the law, with fines starting at $250 for first offenses and $750 for subsequent violations. The new law also creates Scott's Law Fund to produce educational materials and hire off-duty Illinois State Police troopers to enforce Scott's yeah, Law. Uh, well, this is a worthwhile law. And of course, there were, I forget how many deaths there were last year, or 2018, of troopers who were killed killed uh, by motorists and uh, so yeah worthwhile law and uh, very practical law at the part at the end see when you get into the intricacies of the laws uh, each law could be its own compelling little story and so you said there were 250 of them mm -hmm. so I could see like I could see myself being down in Springfield the every law just be another story just a freaking story explain like all the nuances of the law why like, for instance, the part where they're hiring off-duty uh, state troopers. I mean, what's that all about? Why don't you just hire more state troopers? Uh, there's got to be some reason why it's an off-duty thing. But each law, uh, you know, there's a, there's a story behind the law. Uh, it, so in this case, it's the death of some uh, state troopers. And then, uh, you know, and then once you get into the wheeling and dealing part of the sausage-making part of the law, there's a reason why the law is shaped the way it is. There's probably com uh, interests that come in, uh, get involved, and uh, they don't want the law to go too far in one direction. I've been talking so much about this as the year ends. I'm instead of looking for I'm 
instead of looking forward, I'm looking back to the way Obamacare was shaped. Uh, this is so much on my mind. It's the governing issue. It's the number one issue for the Democrats in the year 2020. Are they going to blow it again? Like they blew it in 2016. They blew it in 20 uh, in 2009. Uh, so in 2009, they passed this watered down health care law, Obamacare. Then in 2016, when Bernie was on the campaign, uh, firing up the people by saying we he wants the Democratic Party to uh, stand for something really bold and important that everybody could benefit from, health care for all, like we have Social Security, like when you get old, we take care of you, we give you some money so you don't just starve, so we have health care for all, you don't get just sick and die if you don't have insurance. It's ridiculous to have insurance linked to employment. And uh, so what does he do? When he says that, the, the, the establishment of the Democratic Party goes, can we shut this guy up some way? Can we stifle his message? And then they tell him, oh, God, it's unrealistic. It'll never happen. Yeah, it'll never happen because you, the people that you let in the room are the people who are going to fight like hell to keep it from happening. But you don't put the Bernies of the world into the room. Anyway. That is what I'm getting at. When you tell the story of how a law is shaped, there are unseen influences, D, behind, you know, people behind the scenes who kind of work their magic into uh, the law. And that's, you end up with these like little quirky things in a law. And then when I bring on uh, the real, the masters of the process, like uh, Martwick, Senator Martwick will explain, oh yeah, well, this is what was going on, this kind of thing. So anyway, I'm hoping in 2020, um, this is really something on my mind. I'm hoping in 2020 that the Democratic Party fully embrace health care for all. How about that, D? Huh? And not hide behind unions, blaming. Like they always go, oh, well, the unions love the health care they negotiated for the workers. No union loves that. They'd rather take the money and have the government provide the health care. I leave it to our host, Ben Jarofsky, to turn a law on motorists uh, in <laughs> Illinois to a riff about Bernie Sanders. Well, you know, that's what it's, I start thinking about one thing. I start thinking about something else. That's why we like you. Okay, let's do uh, one more. And Ben, mm. let's talk about local foods. Oh. What comes to mind when you think of local foods, Ben? I'm hungry. Oh. There's that waffle place down the street, which really? I haven't been to yet. Okay. I'm one day I'm gonna get here early and we're gonna go to that waffle place. Uh, that's that's what <laughs> never happened. Uh usually the the best we get, do is as I'm walking up the street, I called, Hey, you wanted me to get you a bagel? That's the local food. I love eating. That's this has nothing to do with local restaurants. Oh. Well, sort you of, said I local guess. food. Yeah, so. I know. But under HB two five oh five, foods will be classified as local if they are processed or packaged in Illinois and contain at least one one ingredient grown in the state. Mm. Previously, foods were considered local only if every ingredient was sourced within the state. Mm. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, so this is probably, i not read about the, the, again, folks. I'm waiting for you to turn this one into a riff about Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, uh, okay, I could do that. Uh, but there is probably a reason that there's probably some interest group that uh, is going to be served by this law, and I can't think it through right now. Probably some companies in the state of Illinois that some of their business is uh, farmed out to other companies like in Wisconsin or Michigan, and they're not getting in on government contracts. I don't know. I'm just guessing here. Like I said, you know, and D, can I just tell you this? In the old days, uh, back in the 90s, when you were a young lad, 
Uh, you before were... that AM uh, radio career <laughs> began. <laughs> 20 years before that thing. I didn't see that thing coming. Uh, it was, by the way, it was at Ellie's uh, where, I, where I was offered the job. How about that? A lot of Ellie's. Uh, sp- speaking of local food. Uh, but uh, in the 90s, I used to do stories all the time where I would take a deep dive on some relatively obscure matters. We called it neighborhood news. And I would, you know, explain like, like a law. I remember doing re- a lot of recycling stories and why the recycling law was the way it is like why we went with blue bags uh as opposed um uh to like a legitimate recycling plan anyway there was always some compelling interest that was unseen and uh that was sort of dictating why we did what we did in the city of chicago and i could probably have a field day with uh, this particular story but you know what if it helps an illinois business out well, you know, I'm not crying over that, Bill. Although, on the other hand, what if you're legitimate? Everything you do in the state of is in the state of Illinois business. You're bending over backwards to make sure you only have vendors from Illinois. So, you know, I could see both sides of this one, D. I could see both sides you of this one. You can see both sides, people. Mm-hmm. All right. So there you are. Oh, our good friend uh, Michael weighed in on the Ben Jarofsky Show YouTube live stream chat. He uh, wanted me to, I guess we got requests now for uh, things to play here. So uh, Michael requested something. I got to play it for him here real quick. Egg tight. <laughs> For the top 1% and the bottom 92%, 49% of all new income goes to the top 1%. There you go, Michael. All right, Michael. <laughs> Keep listening. Uh, you know, it's it's really funny. I was, of course, the great Bernie, that uh, Bernie Sanders. There's an article in the New York Times today. New York Times is just coming face to face with the fact that a sizable portion of the Democratic Party uh, is fiercely loyal to Bernie Sanders. Uh, the New York Times is really struggling with this. The New York Times is ba- a newspaper that's largely of the centrist persuasion. Uh, as such, they, they, they're a little uncomfortable. Bernie Sanders makes them a little uncomfortable, to put it mildly. So their columnists have been urging people to vote for people other than Bernie. They say Bernie's unrealistic, uh, that Bernie can't beat Trump, that Trump will uh, red uh, bait Bernie. They got pictures of Bernie uh, in Nicaragua, pictures of Bernie in Russia, pictures of Bernie without his shirt on, all these things that apparently the Republicans have on Bernie from back in the day that they're going to use against him and all the swing voters in Wisconsin and Michigan will go, I'm shocked. That one without the shirt really has turned my opinion. I have a choice. I could vote for a candidate who was once shirtless in a picture, or I could vote for a candidate who will take away my health care. I am so shocked by the shirtless Sanders, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. That's apparently the New York Times attitude about the uh, about American voters. They have a low opinion of American voters. Uh, they're not the only ones with a low opinion of American voters. The Republican Party has a pretty low opinion of American voters. The Republican parties uh, basically come to the conclusion that all you have to do is tell the American voters that the Democrats are run by communists and socialists, and the American voter will vote Republican even if they're taking away their health care. That's the low opinion that the Republican Party uh, has of voters in this country. It's not unlike the low opinion that the Democratic Party has of, of voters in the city of Chicago, where you can uh, you can have a mayor who's completely corrupt for four years, as uh, Mayor Richard M. Daley was from 2003 to 2007, and absolutely everybody in the city of Chicago endorses him, every powerful person in the city endorses him, uh, and it, nobody is will run against him of any stature. So. Uh, 
anyway, uh, this article in the New York Times is exploring the fact that Bernie Sanders supporters are fiercely loyal to him. And they're kind of they're both confused by it. Like, I can't believe they're so loyal to this this uh, old guy. Uh, And they're also a little concerned about it because it means that Bernie Sanders uh, may be the the Democratic nominee. And they're very concerned about that. Ramon Hussein has entered the room. Huge. Bernie Sanders supporter, Ramon. <laughs> she's laughing at that one. She is old school. She's not going to tell you who she supports for president or anything else. But I got a funny feeling. Just got a funny feeling inside. She's a Bernie supporter. All right. Well, we got a little sidetrack there, but 11 new Illinois laws down. We're down to the final nine. Actually, that's a lot left. Still. So let's just do one more right. because... This segment must end once the show is over today, all right? So, new law in Illinois coming in 2020. Ben Jarofsky, Ramana Hussein. Did you know that starting in the year 2020, it will be way easier to change your name after divorce? I did not know that. Well, it's true. Anyone who wants to change their name after a divorce no longer has to file a petition to do so or provide notice by publication of the change name. And that's all thanks to this new bill, SB1191. I don't understand why it was ever hard to change your name anyway. Ramana, can you explain that to me? Why would what? people care if you change your name? Like you mean to your husband's name? Her, or your any wife's name? name? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, sh- it shouldn't be that hard, but it is, I guess. Yeah, I just, I don't understand. I mean, I'm happy for the new law, okay? I have to do a deep dive in this, D. I'm sure there's some compelling special interest group that wanted to make it difficult for <laughs> yeah. you to change your name. Just take the word compelling out of that sentence. I'm sure there was some special <laughs> interest know, group that had its own reason. My parents, uh, you know, they're being immigrants and English not being their first language. I mean, my they spelled my name many different ways. And so on my social security card, it actually says R-U-M-A-N-A. Yeah. And I've been able to, you know, they, they change it to, uh, to two M's later on. And then somebody told me, they're like, I was getting my license changed once and I had my social security card with me. I'm like, oh, sorry, my name's spelled a little differently. You know, my dad and mom kind of went back and forth and they're like, I'm surprised you were able to get all this paperwork done for all these years. They told me to have to get it officially done at some point, yeah, but I haven't. Well, by the way, as long as we're on that particular subject, let me just say this. I've said this many times. I've battled uh, dyslexia my whole life. Your name with those M's always throws me off. Because there's the M's and there's an N. Oh, there's yeah. an M. And so then I, I pause. Like, are there two M's or two N's? No, is two M's, two, one N. Yeah. two. That's kind of how I do it. it two M's, one N. It took me like a week. I'm like, all right, cool. Two M's, one N. Two and M's, I know it's N. not the most common name, like Ben. Ben's or, easy, but how about Benny? Or Dennis. Uh, yeah, yeah. Benny could be spelled many different ways. And, you know, anyway, uh, people misspell it all the time. But, yeah, Ramana is a name uh, that I struggle with uh, a lot because of the M's and the N's. Anyway. 12 down. All right. Eight more to go. And after this week's Ramana Rundown with Ramana Hussein, we will find out what they are. It's the Ben Jarofsky shows, but actually WTTW Chicago's. We're just reading from the website. 20 new <laughs> Illinois laws of 2020. That's correct. We'll take a break. Come back with Ramana Hussein. <laughs> The 
The Ben Jarofsky Show is supported by Northwestern University's part-time master's program in literature and liberal studies. Students learn from dynamic and diverse faculty as they build advanced skills for critical analysis, writing, and research. Evening classes are held on Northwestern's Evanston and Chicago campuses. The spring quarter application deadline is January 15th. Learn more at sps.northwestern.edu slash masters. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. Chicagoland Cremation Options.com. One more time. Chicago Land Cremation Options.com. Commercial break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Ramana Hussein in the studio. Ramana Hussein in the studio. She's one of the few people from the Sun-Times working today. Yes. Very quiet around here, have you noticed? It is, but it's actually kind of nice. I'm working with somebody that I'm friends with, so it's just it's just kind of fun and games. You're just and it's chilling. quiet. And yeah. it's. I mean, yesterday was really quiet around here. Uh, today, there's a few more people, a couple more people. This one guy in the wire desk and his wife made 1,600 cookies. Whoa! And so we're eating cookies. Where are they? How they're they're they never... by the they're by the wire desk. If you uh, want some, yeah. just letting you know. By the way, and there's pistachios. If you like pistachios, I do. Uh, they were brought here yesterday, so uh, Dennis one. will probably be a little irritated if you eat them while speaking. No, it'll be fine no, for today. Okay, <laughs> maybe by Tuesday I'll go on. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, before we uh, take the deep dive into stories of the year and. Uh, do you want to say something about um, a friend of yours who just? Um, uh, she's not a friend of mine, but she was someone. I mean, I. She probably doesn't remember me, but um, Karen Daniel, I would see her a lot at 26 in Cal California. This is the courthouse, um, the latent criminal courthouse when I was covering criminal courts. Uh, Karen Daniel was the director of the Center on Wrongful Convictions at Northwestern University, and she was hit by a car while while what I've what I've been seeing on Facebook, I don't know if we've had this, but while she was walking her dog in a park and she had just retired from the center, I think a few months back. So um, there's a lot of lawyers that I know that have been in, you know, this is kind of like the top story right now, people writing about her and her legacy. And it's actually very, very sad. I think she was supposed to become the head of U of C's, like a similar center at the University of Chicago. So I was actually just, um, I just updated our story. Um, Mitch Dudek, our um, young reporter who's here, um, just updated the story. So literally right before I walked in, I just updated the story and was looking through the latest that he sent. She was 62 years old. Mm. And I, you know, a lot of cases that I covered where men were wrongfully convicted in a lot of cases, there were some, I'm, 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 I saw her in a lot. You'd see her whenever you'd cover one of these cases where someone had um, accused, you know, said that they're forced to confess or it was one of these post-trial uh, conviction matters. She'd always, she'd be, I, you'd see her all the time. So when I saw that name, actually right before I went to bed last night, 
I opened my Facebook page and uh, Maury Posley, who used to work at the Chicago Tribune, had a post about it, like right before I went to sleep. And then I Googled her name and there was all these short stories about the accident, but nobody said that she was from, yeah, I don't think anybody put two and two together or mm-hmm. people work. So I just sent a note to the city desk and said, oh, this woman's pretty famous and she's done a lot of work. So there's a lot of people um, right before I um, got here and I said I was editing the story. There was a man that she had helped in his uh, wrongful conviction case and he talked about her. And so there it's actually really sad just hearing about this yeah. this morning, this it's morning. A, uh, a sad story indeed. 62 years old. Uh, and yeah, I got a, a, a notice. I did not uh, know her Um but uh, I was reading about her life and her work and uh, the legacy she leaves. So uh, Karen Daniel, uh, 62 years old. All right, let's move on to other stories that maybe are uh, less upsetting, although some of them may be upsetting (laughs) as well. Uh, The Sun-Times is a tradition, and not just the Sun-Times, but all newspapers. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the top stories of the year, and I was uh, kidding uh, with Romano when we were talking on the phone today, uh, some of these stories correspond to the top stories that we, yeah. uh, the two of us, have talked about, uh, and some don't. Uh, clearly, you know, it sounds like it just shows you the difference between uh, what the Sun Times, uh, the powers that be at the Sun Times, consider the top stories, and what the Romana Rundown. Uh, I I agree like. with most of them. I t- I told the reporter who was working on it, Stefano Esposito, who I'm uh-huh. really good friends with. We were kind of going over the list of a couple days ago and you know he put out what the top stories were and i agree with most of them i i know everybody loves the alligator story i don't think it's a that's top probably story. the one uh now i gotta tell you uh, of this list we'll go down the list uh well obviously there's uh, there's lori lightfoot jesse smollett chicago teacher strike uh eddie johnson uh r kelly baby cut from womb humboldt park alligator ongoing federal probes uh, recreational ma- marijuana uh, and uh, the uh, two TIFF deals. Uh, we've talked about a lot of these stories immensely, mm-hmm. so there is a lot of uh, We overlap. talked about everything yeah. in here, I think. Uh, I just don't uh, think the alligator story, I don't, I, I kind of, I know everybody disagrees with me, but I feel like this is a story that, I know a lot of people loved it, but it's like literally, and I understand, I'm not saying it's not a feel-good story. I don't think it's a top story. I guess the one top, I guess it's a top story because everybody was so excited about it which I don't get. It was someone that clearly didn't take care of their pet and threw it in the In the lagoon, lagoon at Humble Park. And someone saved it. And then that guy from Florida has become like a folk hero. And I recall, and I, I, was gonna, I recall when it happened, it was the summertime and Lori had just won. So there wasn't really much news going on. You know, she was too new to do anything. Uh, there was uh, 2020 stuff. And other than that, for local news, Gator game. Gator yeah. game. And I, like, like I said, I understand. And, you know, Block Club Chicago, we're supposed yeah. to give a shout out to them because they're the ones who broke the story. Oh, I didn't know that. They yeah. Literally yeah. Broke the yeah. Story. They broke the story. And I just felt like everybody was just, I thought it was a story. And, and everybody's heard me in the newsroom talk about it. I'm like, is it really that huge of a story? Because as someone who's covered the news, like for many years, this has happened before. Yeah. Where people leave like their pets and they just throw them out there and, you know, I don't know. And then you felt bad for the guy who was from Chicago. You know, he was trying to look for the alligator and then he didn't do it. And this guy like Rob from you know Alligator <laughs> Rob. And then and all of a sudden he has a girlfriend. I'm like, why is that a story? I, I even complained about that. I've complained about it. So yeah. I'm just saying what I said in the newsroom. I'm like, okay, him getting a girlfriend. Is that really? And I told someone in the newsroom, I go, because I think Block Club had a fundraiser for their 
publication, mm-hmm. which is fine. Mm-hmm. But he, but the cat, you know, the, one of the enticing things was that he was going to be there. And I told someone at work, I'm like, Wait, well, who is going to be the alligator Rob? I, I forgot. It's that. silly we, to think you about. You know what it is now. so funny? We're talking about this has happened details, a couple weeks ago. No, no, the details of the story have faded from my mind. But Dennis and I riffed on this. I would say for a week. We yeah. had so no, much material exactly. about it. No, exactly. It gave us material. Listen to this a piece of audio we have. We had a random hipster talking about it. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. <laughs> I mean, that's good stuff. I don't know. I remember. Remember. The, the other thing know. I loved about it, it was just, yes, now it's coming back to me. It was the convergence of all the hipsters into Humble Park. It, that's what it was. Oh, I was damn, just like, <laughs> man, there's an alligator. Here, play it again. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. No gators, but... <laughs> I just said that, I don't know. I don't really need to meet Alligator Rob. That's just... Wait, I so go, which one was... A... Okay, time out. So I'm forgetting. There was old no, boy... No, you? Yeah. <laughs> so there was the old Alligator, was alligator guy from, Rob, the guy from, from Florida. Chicago? No, he came from Florida. Oh, Alligator Rob. So who was old boy... Alligator he was from Bob. Chicago. Who was Alligator, alligator Bob? Bob? Oh, the Sun-Times threw him under the bus. Yeah, well, everybody threw him under the bus. This guy, the guy, Alligator Rob, became a celebrity. Yeah. He got a girlfriend out of it too. Oh, no. Yeah. So, you know, Bob just got a bunch I of shouldn't say, I, mean, I shouldn't say he got a girlfriend out of it, but I'm just saying he he met a woman after he like um but I was just telling someone I'm like no offense. I'm I'm I I can't, I'd rather meet many other celebrities. He's not on my list. Wait, sorry. Now it's coming back to me. There were so many elements in the story I love. But they did throw him under the bus. That is sad. Yeah, alligator poor. Bob. They was like, "Oh, he couldn't get the alligator, but this other guy did." And then to give the sometimes credit this is the part. The Sun-Times had the exclusive photo of the alligator. Did we? Yeah, the bright one. I thought, the, I'm sure the other publications did, too. I'm sure Block Club and Trib did, too. I don't. I think before Maybe. the alligator was spotted, there was a picture in the Sun-Times of the gator's head going through. Oh, the, uh, okay. That was I, And the photographer was Ashley Resin, I believe, who's a good friend of mine and a great photographer. So let's give Ashley a it's shout a, out, okay? Try, I'm not trying to be a hater, but I just don't think that... <laughs> not trying to be a hater, but it <laughs> no. just comes natural I'm just saying, and, and trust me, everybody's heard me. I almost was tempted, so my friend, what, you know, all my all the people that I'm friends with and for my former colleagues are work at the at Block Club, and one of our former colleagues wrote a book, and I almost was tempted to tell the guy who runs Block Club now, like... Give it a rest with the alligator, but I didn't. I was I was being nice. He hopefully he's not listening to this. Uh, I, I think a, it's a good story, but people have heard me, so I I was just talking. It's fine. You're a gator hater. Yeah, we you're can. a gator hater. I just I, I guess I don't know. I, I don't know if we ever talked about it, but I know Dennis and I had a field. Good, day. good. And speaking of, I mean, it, it makes sense to talk about this. Starting on Tuesday, we're going to do the Ben Jarofsky show's top ten local stories. Is this on the list? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Well, number I I wouldn't have put it on the list, but. Maybe Maybe I'll have to put it on now. Uh, uh, Tuesday, we're going to do a lot of reefer stuff because it's the day before uh, marijuana is legal and the great young Thomas, Tommy Shuba, uh, will be in studio. Who knows more about reefer law than anyone? (laughs) And my old friend Milo, everybody has a friend like this, I think, uh, Romana, or at least I have a friend who's been smoking marijuana long before it was legal or fashionable. Uh, so we'll have a lot of fun with that one. That was now that is a recreational legalized in Illinois. It's on the list. I think we'll all agree. Huge story. Yeah. And uh, I met with many dimensions. Yes. Yes. It's it's not that easy. Or I think it's a lot more complicated. I don't think legalization has really erased the inequality. Um, I didn't know that if immigrants, even if they 
came here and they're not undocumented, if they smoke it, they can still be arrested and be sent there. I remember uh, Carlos Ballesteros did a story on it and I was, I was editing and I'm like, that's crazy. So I'm like, really with the legalization, the inequality is still there. And, you know, there's still quite, there's still a lot of comments and questions. A lot of, you know, we saw the Black Caucus and City Council talking about um, whether there's going to be, you know, whether there's going to be equality with people of color because you have to have a lot of money to own a weed business. And mm-hmm. so far we are seeing most of these people owning these places are white, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I would think, I think all of them are white, yeah. but I, I could be wrong. I, I mean, I know they're saying that they're, we're going to have employees Eventually. who are people of color, Yeah. but you know, you saw Vic Mensa want, was it Vic Mensa? The I rapper? Hope I'm, yeah. I think he wants to open something, um, in uh i think i forgot what neighborhood but block club had a story block club chicago had a story about it and him and uh this activist why am i forgetting his name he's the activist that was arrested after the um after the laquan mcdonald Mm -hmm. um video came out so anyway there was some discussion about there was a story that came out yesterday they're saying that yeah you know there will be people of color working but they should be owning too Mm -hmm. so i i think there's i I don't think this is going to be over this is I think this these discussions will go on for you a know, long time. And it's just the peculiarities of the law as they're shaped by the federal uh, yeah. illegal, uh, illegality of reefer is still Ill- illegal uh, by the feds do not recognize the law in yeah. Illinois. So there's all sorts of problems there. For instance, if you live in uh, CHA, you can't smoke uh, marijuana in your apartment because it's essentially the a federal law that yeah. you're violating. It's a federally subsidized uh, housing complex. So you can't you can't smoke it. Let's say if you're a renter, you need your landlord's permission. So you can't smoke it in your apartment uh, with, unless your landlord gives you permission. It's not clear if you can smoke it on your front porch, although the police say they won't. They won't. They I don't won't. think they will, but I don't know. That's what I'm saying. But then again, it's up to them, right? And yes. so who's going to get ticketed? Yeah. Not so, not a white person yeah. smoking on a porch. And I don't think you I don't can know. smoke I in a wrong. car. Uh, so if you can't smoke. So already it looks as like you have to be a homeowner to, to legally, fully can, smoke. Can you smoke cigarettes? Can landlords tell you, keep you from smoking yeah, cigarettes? But, yeah, I'm going to turn to young Dennis. He's our uh, apartment expert here. Uh, yeah. I have a condo, but I don't have that rule. So yeah. I, I think they can. But I mean, like, I got lady upstairs just ripping butts all day so you know i guess you know it's lenient to let uh, you yeah you can I, say no i would prefer if you you don't but yeah uh and uh so you know the the peculiarities of the law the way it's structured uh let's be honest uh, the most of the benefits as will go to people the more money you have the more benefits you have uh, and uh just, you know the irony of it the profound irony of it all because the whole reason we're finally legalized supposedly is because we finally came face to face with the social inequities of it. But now I realize that the reason we legalized it was because white people wanted to get high. Yeah. And, and make money. Yeah, what's that? And make money. And make money. So uh, anyway, that's a big uh, ongoing. That was a huge story this year, and it'll going. Uh, it'll still be happening in the. Uh, and we'll have, like I said, Tommy Shu will be here on uh, Tuesday to break it down. Um, what else? What other? Lori story? Lightfoot being Lori elected Lightfoot. mayor of the city of Chicago. You know what people forget is we have had a female mayor before, Mayor Jane Byrne, but this is a woman of color, and she's um, she's a lesbian. So that was definitely, and you know, this was after Rom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
she she kind of won by a landslide against Tony Prockwinkle. So that was a big news story. I agree with that. I agree with most of the stuff. I agree with. I'll even give the alligator. The alligator. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll be nice. You came around. Know. You came, yeah. you came around. I still I still I still don't think it is. But I'll be if I'm gonna be in a good mood. I think I'll it was think. the audio of that hipster that won her over. Yeah, yeah. the audio that. I, I no, say, that makes me more annoyed. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> the hipsters annoy me so much. Well, the thing is, is that uh, what do you got against hipsters? I oh I you it's like more of an Don't attitude. No, I, I I can say I hate them because okay. if I find them annoying. They think they're so different, but they're all the same. And I, I call my husband a hipster all the time. He gets so mad. And he's like, well, I think this is Mick here. I've seen a whole lot of catfish. <laughs> because, okay. Uh, no is gators that yet. Mick? Is that Mick? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I don't have a problem with an individual hipster, but yeah. the culture is just so, and you know, I'm not saying that I don't like hip things, but they take a lot of things that, they take a lot of things that Indians have been doing for years, and then they make it their own, and then it's really annoying, and they think they discovered it, yeah. and you're just like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Just stay in your little, and then they all say they're so different, and they're we're such individuals. They all look the same. Yeah. So I'm just my whole thing is it's like it's more the culture of hipsterism. Uh-huh. It's it's so annoying. Yeah, I'm old now. It's so you're too not old. So. If you're old, then I'm ancient. Oh wait, but it's yeah. like <laughs> it's like they just oh, it's just so oh, it's just I don't know how to describe. All right, it. I, I want to say this to all my I'm hipster uh, our listeners out there. I love you dearly, <laughs> and uh, the news uh, with the oh, news and opinions of. Romana saying, or those are Romana saying. Don't, don't necessarily. I said, like, I just hate the, I just hate the whole you have culture Indian, of hipster. I bet hipster you have hipster friends. Yeah, yeah, I probably do. Well, they hate your but guts I'll, now. I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll, I make, I mean, we all, we all make fun of hipsters. It's kind of like being a um, yuppie. Everybody said they weren't a yuppie, but they all were yuppie. Everybody's a yuppie at the end of the day. I like hip things. Does yuppie even exist anymore? Oh, yeah. Yeah. CrossFit's a thing. Of course yuppie still yes. exists. Yeah, okay. Peloton is still a thing, right? I mean, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, and what is, can we hear that hipster again? An alligator <laughs> Oh, you really like that, huh? <laughs> Did he have a big beard and tattoos? We're hitting the news hard today. All right, let's hear Here we go. Hipster gator. Uh, what, what do you think? Uh, your thoughts on uh, alligator Bob? Have you seen the alligator? <laughs> Random hipster. I've seen a whole lot of catfish. Some uh-huh. turtles. Okay. Uh, no gators yet, though. Uh, <laughs> another day at Humboldt Park. What do you do? <laughs> no, it was... I, I gotta tell you, uh, it's really would be uh, hypocritical of me not to include this in the top ten. Because I realize... Critical. Hipster critical. Because we did talk a lot, a lot about this. Oh, it's on the list. It's on our list. And, and old boy got thrown under the bus. I was defending him forever. Alligator. Uh, Bob. Some people... Okay, I'm not saying who. Some people thought he was... Was the one that threw the alligator in there? Yeah, that was oh him. Just God, that's scheme to get some money. That yeah, is such like, a Chicago. It was a crime though. scene. They're like, oh, he's like one of those criminals that kill someone, and then is like, oh, did they find him? I'll help you guys find him. But I, it's, it wasn't me. I don't believe that in any way, and I stand by that guy. Well, we should have tried hard. to get Bob. On you the guys show. should try to get him on the show and say how he feels. And did then, he feel like he was slighted? Okay, and just butter him. Yeah, up there like, we go. Let's un- <laughs> go back to a story. <laughs> See, you're like yeah, you're perpetuating. Your own. With us live on so. the show is Bob. And hey, uh, Bob, the hell with that Rob guy, all right? We're on Team Bob. All right, now, um, some of the other stories. Let's see. Uh, Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, go back to Lori Lightfoot. Look, we, we left Lori really fast and went right no, back No, no, no. Back to so, uh, so it was a big story. Thank you, Black Club. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Black Club. But back to Lori. Um, I, would, a- I would argue, I'm going to yeah. throw this theory at you and get your thoughts on this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, as I like to point out, roughly 33% of the city uh, of eligible voters voted 
in that election. That's true. The so how votes. big a story is it if 67% of the people said, a yawn? May not be a big story. What do you think about that? I still think it's a big story because it's historical. <laughs> I, I mean, the fact that sorry, you just laughed when I did the yawn thing. I st- I still think it was a big story. It was historical. You have to admit it was historical. It's a woman of color um, running the city of Chicago. Yeah. Um, you know, when Harold Washington was elected, he was the first person of color. Yeah, and uh, I I mean I was I was in high school at that time, and it was such a big deal. I mm-hmm. I just remember. It being a huge deal. And I wasn't even following the council wars. I didn't know anything about that stuff, but I knew Harold Washington was elected. There. I was being a little sarcastic for I know, I know. when I said it I know. wasn't a big story. But the reality is, I just like to, I'm utterly obsessed with politics. Talk yeah. about it. This is yeah, how I make I my know. living. I know. Uh, and uh, so Lori Lightfoot's election, the mayoral election, was the biggest story of the year in my world. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I have to come face to face with the reality. That most people aren't like yes. you. Like me. <laughs> no, I know. You know. I have to tell Mick that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, I have most to remind people. him that I'm not like you. Yeah. I'm totally not like you. Yeah, but I don't want to read a book about Ronald Reagan. I Wow, is that what he's doing now? No, but he has many books about Ronald yeah. Reagan. Like, you know, things that he finds really fascinating, I find very boring. Yeah. So I'm like, how many times are you going to read about Ronald Reagan? Yeah, that's, there's a limit to that. But so anyway, so uh, Lori Lightfoot's election, uh, you know, do you think the city is that much different? No, but I knew that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm also very realistic too. I, I'm not naive because I cover the news. I don't think just because someone gets elected and of course it's great if it's a person of color but do i think the world is going to change and the city's going to change and everything's going to be like smelling like roses the next day Mm -hmm. no way well in some ways when harold washington was elected things drastically changed uh and uh conflicts emerged right in front of her face that had been more buried yeah uh and but uh, is she really that much i mean a lot of people think she's not that much different than rom and she handles things you know i'm just saying i that doesn't that's not saying that you know not giving her any credit and she's like you said it seems like she's been there forever but she hasn't so I, that's what i said to you today when when we were going through the list of stories i go oh that was just this year because it does seem like she's yeah. been here for uh forever and in many this year ways dragged on too in many ways this Lori lightfoot's uh, the first year of Lori lightfoot's reign which is not a full year yet, uh, is very similar to the last term of Mayor Rahm. Rahm was a different mayor after uh, Laquan McDonald video was released and a very much more conventional mayor. Uh, and, uh, you know, stopped trying to be, well, less interest, it seemed, in trying to be an international superstar. Uh, but uh, so I see Lori Lightford running the city quite similarly to the way Rahm ran the city uh, in the front. And by the way, she's not afraid, like Rom, to put someone in their place uh, if she feels. Uh, so in some ways, the tone and the tenor are similar as well. All right. Uh, of course, this one we I, we talked about obsessively on the show. Uh, it's it's sort of the number one story of the Ramana Hussein rundown, Jesse Smollett. Yeah, and that, that's because, you know, and some people feel like that shouldn't be a story of the year because they feel like, why is this the criminal justice story of the year. Not to say that it is, because it's not, because we clearly have other stories that have to do with criminal justice. Um, people, I think people were kind of seeing this as apples and oranges. Some people think it's a huge story. Some people don't think it's a huge story. Um, the people who don't, who think it's not a huge story, I think they're just looking at it a little differently. I think the 
with the Jesse Smollett case, there's many things into play here. Kim Fox, you know, there's questions about how she handled the case. Mm -hmm. You know, he was obviously charged with um, falsifying, a you know, falsifying a story about him being attacked by homophobic and racist um, attackers. Trump supporters. Trump supporters with MAGA hats. And... <laughs> But and then it turns out that there wasn't anybody like that. But he did have his personal personal trainer there and his brother, and he was charged with crimes. And then they ended up dropping it. The charges were dropped, and so that's what I think people were the questionable. I don't think people wanted Jesse Small. I think people who are questioning or asking the questions about how did this happen don't really want Jesse Smollett in jail. It's just the way the case was handled. Whether whether there were favors pulled. Mm -hmm because of who he knew and what the state's attorneys did and how it, it, there was no sort of explanation. And, and a lot of people who do go through this deal or they have the, you know, he was able to have the charges dropped without pleading to anything. He could still maintain his innocence. So there's just, a, as someone who's kind of covered the criminal justice, kind of, has covered the criminal justice system, I think there was a lot of good questions. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting story. And we know that the, um, this is being investigated by the IG, the independent investigator on the county side, and also the state's special prosecutor yeah. on the state's attorney Midwest. side. Listen, so. people who say that stories aren't significant, or people who just go, oh my God, that is, I'm, I'm, I'm bored with that story, or that story just doesn't warrant, putting aside the alligator, which is just a bizarre summer story, uh, are really saying something else, in my humble opinion. I'm gonna trot this out and get your reaction to this. What they're saying is they don't like the story. So a lot of people of uh, a liberal persuasion don't like this story because it makes Kim Fox look bad. And these that's their ally. That's who they support. That's who they supported. And so they'll say this story is overblown. Uh, this story is uh, not nearly as important as and then you fill in the bank yeah. blank of I've a seen ton that a of lot. other mm -hmm. travesties of our criminal justice system. Yeah. And I understand that reaction of course when your side looks bad in a dispute you kind of want to just bury it it's embarrassing you know like if i had a guest on the show comes on the show all the time and that person this hasn't happened but let's say it did all of a sudden got caught doing something really stupid I'm, i'd be like oh that story means nothing but well, it did mean something just be embarrassed that my friend got caught so i think that's what's going on Romana. yeah People i do i do but i I also think that you sh just because you like someone or you know you really look up to them or you believe believe in their political views it doesn't excuse questionable behavior and I these I I I, I think that's one of the things that you know people get mad at journalists but and you know the right says oh these journalists are all all like left leaning but you know a lot of people on the left say like why are you guys like covering this and what are you supposed to do not pretend I, it happened first of all I think this is a very important story. I do too, for and it's many not. Different reasons. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it and that's what I'm saying. It, it's holding people, your political figures, accountable. That's what it's about. On all sides. And it, yeah, exactly. Think about the fraternal order police who are protesting uh, Kim Fox. So you have to ask them, where were you? Yes. Protesting when it was Daly's kid or Daly's nephew. His case was buried. Where were you? Why weren't you? standing by Carol Marine and Chris Fusco and Timmy Novak when they did story after story about that injustice. I agree. So I, I, I don't, it doesn't make sense when you're on the left. Like what if it was Donald Trump who did this? Would you 
be you know right you have to still it doesn't matter if you like someone you still have to hold them accountable yeah. they're still responsible if someone you would like and admire turns out to be someone you didn't think they were and i'm not saying kim fox is to the level of this you know let's see what the investigation says you know she's done a lot of a lot of people say that she's done a lot for cr the criminal justice system for the few like two years that she's been there mm -hmm. so nobody's you know and so people do admire her and that's great but that doesn't mean that you know she shouldn't be investigated or this shouldn't question shouldn't be raised and that's what kind of makes me kind of as a reporter think back like do you want us to cover only certain people when they make mistakes and not people that you like yeah i we had or admire uh we had the show yesterday letter goodman who's a civil liberties attorney yeah uh, who, i i covered a case that he, he was um, when yeah, 26 in california and uh he was laying out his worldview uh which is that the um the Trump impeachment is uh, a lot to do over nothing, and there is far, there are far there are other cases uh, in our history, recent history, that are far more deserving of an impeachment inquiry uh, than this one. And I think he makes a, a very compelling point. He made a very compelling point. Uh, on the other hand, <laughs> I welcome uh, the Trump impeachment on many different levels. Uh, not the least of which is I want to find out as much as I can about how Trump was operating. And I have a very similar attitude toward Jussie Smollett. Really want to know like how it works in the city of Chicago. I think I have a sense already, Romana, but think about this. Calls being made to prominent prosecutors, prosecutors contacting the chief of police, cases, like should cases get shifted from uh, local jurisdiction to federal jurisdiction? you know it's it's how the game is played in yeah. the city of chicago and you know this is apples and oranges but the jeffrey epstein case you know he was able he was charged with um i, I forgot what the exact case was but it was in reference to charges related to a girl that he assaulted i believe and, and then the judge let him go mm -hmm. or gave him like a lenient sentence and i remember there I think there was calls being made then too. That would be, by the way, that's not anything that's... we discussed on your segment because we generally do local news. Yeah. That would, any list of of the top news stories for our show would be on the list. We talked about that with Leonard Goodman. Yeah. That's one of our most popular downloads. No, but I was saying that's like a story yeah. to show you, like if you know prominent people and you make phone calls, you can evade a lot of things and you know, Yes, and, I'm with you. and you know, there's so many people in our in the history of this world who've gotten away with a lot of things, and you know, you look at something like that, you're like, how can someone get? And you look at the people that he rubbed elbows you're with. Talk about Jeffrey Epstein now. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, sorry, not Jesse Small. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's just interesting. No, I Jeff. There's so many people who would want the Jeffrey Epstein story to die. So many powerful mm -hmm. people on both sides of the aisle. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's funny, you don't haven't heard a lot about it. Uh, probably the number one story of the year for the Ben Jarofsky show, at least the one that drew the most attention from followers, was the Chicago teacher strike. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, uh, that that's on the list uh, that the Chicago Sun-Times did. Uh, that 
probably was our number one story of the year. What did you think, Dean? Well, people are going to have to listen to find out. The top 10 Ben Jarofsky show, oh, yeah. local stories of 2019. Yeah, I shouldn't Will give it be any... number one? We're are you guys compiling in. that list right now? Uh, yeah. They, okay. I'll be yeah, that's funny. This is pre-show prep on the Ben Jarofsky show. I didn't even know we were doing this. Uh, so, yeah, number one. Uh, hey, I'm not going to no, say what number on. one is. I put, put that gator on there. All right. Uh, <laughs> but what else What else would you say? What do you want to uh, I do think. Um, I do think the R. Kelly case was definitely interesting um ed burke and the ongoing federal probe that was definitely interesting and a lot of politicians being charged with crimes i think that's that's pretty compelling the baby being cut from the womb i agree eddie johnson and him being fired Eddie Gate. Right yeah, before Eddie Gate. Eddie Eddie yeah, Gate. I know Eddie you guys Gate. liked Eddie Gate too. Yeah, Eddie Gate was a big I, story. Yeah, so all these all these stories are I actually pretty interesting and it, it's hard. There's a lot of things that happen in the city of Chicago, so like weeding down the top ten stories are always hard too. Eddie Gate is one of these stories. Uh I've seen this happen from time to Eddie Johnson um was a very useful I, I don't want to say tool for Mayor Rahm. And uh, he served a very important purpose for Mayor Rahm. And he was key in that transition from Rahm to Lori. And then he, they didn't need him anymore. You know what I'm saying? He, his shelf life had expired. Like he was really important to have him in that position. Uh, Romana, after the Laquan McDonald uh, tape was released and there was outcry, suddenly mm-hmm. the city of Chicago came face to face with the fact that the police department was d- dedicated to a lie. And the mayor had, you could argue, and I would argue, had uh, withheld evidence of a murder. So Eddie Johnson became an, was a very important symbol that Rahm was trying to send to the city of Chicago that he actually did care about uh, criminal justice and that he would not bury evidence of a murder. And uh, so as soon as Eddie Johnson wasn't needed anymore, guess what? All of a sudden, we learned that he'd been drinking at a bar with a woman who wasn't his wife. I know you think I'm cynical, Romana, but I think Eddie Johnson was used and abused and thrown away when it was convenient. What do you think of that? So what about the covering stuff up? You think, like, you know, there's allegations that he didn't tell the full story of what exactly happened when he was found in his police-issued vehicle. Well, well, I... Do you think that just happened? uh, Okay, here's the question I'm wrestling with. Do I think that Lori Lightfoot learned about the inconsistencies in Eddie Johnson's story the day she held that press conference and with voice trembling said, I am outraged what I just learned. I must fire him. Even though it was six weeks after, six weeks after he uh, he was Oh, so you you, you think that she knew beforehand? I'm wondering. It's a possibility. So she just was waiting right for a specific moment. Just raise According that question. I'm okay, just no, it's, it a good, it's, it's, it's a good question because yeah. you would think someone who was a mayor for the city of Chicago would be told pretty quick. If they had compelling evidence on the videotape of Eddie Johnson getting bombed at the bar uh, and making out with a woman who's not his wife, I have a hard time believing it took six weeks for that evidence. <laughs> but <laughs> apparently that uh, bar, which I've never been to and I don't drink, but they have heavy drinks. So maybe nobody remembers. Nobody everything. remembers. Okay. Their drinks are so strong. I'm even, just kidding. Uh, even I'm the guy making so the, the video guy, I don't remember a thing. I'm That's bombed. So funny. 
Maybe some people don't uh, know who anyway. Eddie Johnson is. Maybe again, the... again, you're someone who knows who all these individuals are. A nerd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like there are a lot of people, like people who I'm friends yeah. with, if they saw Eddie Johnson and they didn't see him in his uniform or if they even saw him in his uniform, they'd be like, oh, he's just a cop. Or they would have been like, I don't know who Eddie Johnson is. And I know you're not going to believe me, but, but my husband's like you, like obsessed with politics. And yeah. we saw a play at the Steppenwolf one one year. This is four or five years ago. Uh-huh. And it's before we got married, probably five, six years ago, but it's before we got married. Mm-hmm. Mayor Daly was sitting right in front of us in his regular wear. I guess who noticed it was Mayor Daly, not him, me. I go, hey, that's Mayor Daly. And he's like, what? No, it's not. I'm like, yeah, that's Mayor Daly. He was wearing a plaid shirt. I totally knew who he was, like, in a second. Did you say hello to him? No, I didn't. I didn't say anything. I don't want to, you know, bother him. But he was right. He was right in the row ahead of us. And Mick did not notice. So I'm just saying other people might not necessarily know who he is. Fair enough. I'm too and cynical and skeptical. You just Correct. know all these people. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, it took her six weeks to learn that I was no. drinking at a bar. Okay? Yeah. Took a yeah, while. I, I, I think you raised a really good question and just, raised good points. Uh, I, I, I'm I not saying you're wrong. By the way, I saying. urge everybody, uh, The when I think about the, I'll probably say this on Tuesday again, uh, go back and listen to the first Andy Grimm interview we did. Andy Grimm is the courthouse reporter uh, who replaced Ramana Hussein mm-hmm. when she moved on to become an editor. And he came on our show and he did a fantastic job of taking us A to Z on uh, Jesse Smollett at the, like this was in the first couple weeks. He's working weeks. today and he's here if you wanted to Yo, use him. Oh, I, I was gonna say, let's <laughs> drag him in here. <laughs> uh, I didn't know he was here today. Yeah. Uh, he, Andy Grimm, and he did a great job. And when you hear his telling of the tale, Really comes out. It comes out that something is foul mm-hmm. in this story. Uh, so anyway, I urge folks not now, but later on, you go find it uh, uh, later on. Hey, by the way, before we take a break, I have to ask you every oh, uh, every our- every Friday, Ramana does her <clears throat> Ramana recommendations, and we've noticed a trend. After she recommends a movie, there's usually a, a everybody increase. starts watching. <laughs> It goes up, all right? I know. Uh, whereas I recommend it, the tanker. Uh, oh, yeah. So your three top movies of the year, Romano. Well, I haven't seen every single movie that I want to so far, but I do like, I did like The Farewell. I like Parasite. And I have to pick one more, and I don't know which one it is. I think a lot of things kind of were in the middle for me. And I did see, I did see Knives Out. Over the weekend, I know you did too. Yes. I actually liked it. I was surprised. I thought I would like it. I didn't have really high expectations, but Mick and I went, my husband Mick and I went, and we loved it. And I saw Star Wars too, the <laughs> sequel. But I thought that was the worst sequel I ever saw. Yeah. I can tell you that. And I'm trying, I have to still come up with a third one. Yeah. I still want to see a few movies. So. You I don't know. Did you see Queen right. and Slim yet? I've not seen it. Uh, I've gotten mixed reviews. That's what I've. That's what I've heard yeah, too. So. so I'm scared. I want to watch boxer. it, and I might not like it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I I did like um, Marriage Story, but I don't know if that's in my top three. Yeah. I know you don't watch it yet, but I will um, watch it. I'm not feeling Marriage Story. I and I do want to see Uncut Gems. All right. Here's the deal. I, oh, you boy. are. Uh, I. One, I reserve the right to take all these three movies that I'm going to say and kick one of them off the list okay. once I see Uncut Gems. Okay. Tomorrow. So what's on your list? Uh, uh, the Farewell. I I can't recommend that to people enough. It's such a beautiful movie on so many levels about a family and the quirks of this family. 
Uh, and I agree with Romana. But the outrage, things that we call outrages, I do believe it's an outrage that it's treated like a quote unquote foreign language film. For at the Golden Globes. We yeah. don't know what the Academy Awards Academy is. Awards, do. because uh, so there's a lot of subtitles in it. People got to get over that subtitle thing, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, you all know how to read. Uh, so I love foreign films, so. Yeah, and uh, I would say Parasite, no question about it. Nothing is going to knock it off the list. It's the best movie about uh, class and caste systems that I've seen ever. And it's like a suspense film. It's Hitchcock-like, great flick. And then you will not give this movie any love, but I feel any list has to have the movie I've seen three times and I now own, thanks to Sergio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Yeah, that won't be on my list. Big surprise there. (laughs) Uh, Maureen O'Donnell wants to have a... Has she seen it yet? No, she hasn't. All right. Maureen, I love you dearly, but you got to see the movie before you come on. (laughs) You can't come on and go, well, I read a review, (laughs) and everybody knows I love Maureen O'Donnell, but this thing where you don't go to see the movie. I asked her if she saw The Irishman because, you know, she's a child of Irish immigrants. So I was like, oh, watch it. Not that this has anything to do with being a child of Irish immigrants, but I'm like, oh, watch it and let me know what you think. But the one thing with the Irishman that mm-hmm. I, I did like it. It's based on this guy's book. So it's not necessarily true. Oh, it's because t- take not necessarily yeah. out of that sentence. Cause, uh, Mick was telling me the FBI never took this guy seriously. No. They said that, you know, a real mobster wouldn't sit there and like, you know, tell his life story to, we, so they kind of dismissed him. I don't know. I, a, I, I urge everybody to read the slate. Did you read the slate article that takes down uh, the the? Uh, I don't know if I like. We should give away stuff. Okay, no, we don't have to give away man, anything. But, but uh, I was telling you about this Netflix. Did you watch? Don't f with cats. Mm-mm. That's there's a Netflix series, a three part series. Uh, it's kind of commentary on you know social media, but it's also about how these people who are animal lovers and they love cats, they um, they find these disturbing videos made by this young man, and it kind of spirals down from there. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty interesting. I think you'd like it. You no, can watch I, it after and, you told me about it, I, I definitely want to watch it, and uh, it. Don't F, but they actually spell it out. But thank you for not saying I, it. I, I know. Uh, we may, George Carlin had seven words. We learned that in college. Well, and some of these shows go on the radio, and we will put your segments on, and we know that you won't swear. Some of our other guests with the potty mouths, though. Yeah, I don't really have a potty sailors. mouth. I admit it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, some of our guests. Anyway, uh, not on your list, but I also say just hovering outside the third, I urge everybody to see uh, Jojo Rabbit. I loved it. Oh, yeah. I've heard good I'm things about it. Immensely love that movie. All right, Romana, that uh, I want to say, have thank you very much for being a regular on the show, and uh, we'll see you next week. You're yes. going to be here next, next week. Next year. Right? Whoa, next year. Get the bong out. Whoa, <laughs> yeah, we will be getting the bong out next year. All right, we'll be uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, what you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin 
as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J-E-F-F-M as in Mary, A-N as in Nancy, U-E-L-P-I-A-N-I-S-T.com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Mr. Jarofsky, <laughs> take us home. Uh, yeah, that's super cool. Music Museum, another super cool show. I, I said I hadn't heard that song in a while, and you said we played it yesterday? Yeah, I believe so. No. We either did it yesterday or on Tuesday. But yeah, we did it yesterday. Uh-uh. Dude, you're trying to... Okay, sure. Because right. it was somebody we did it. I think it was... Uh, was it Troy was on? We did this show. This is great podcasting <laughs> we're doing here. Excellent. All right. So anyway, uh, before uh, we end this uh, this segment and take off for the holiday, what you got for me, D? All right, everybody. Yes, we're going to end it a little early today. Uh, it's the holidays. All right. Give us a break. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to finish out our list. The 20 new laws coming to Illinois in 2020. We cannot thank WTTW Chicago <laughs> enough for posting that on their website. All right. Uh, we've been reading that for about a week now. Uh, we're, we've got eight left uh, and we're going to find out all eight before we get out of here. Oh, today? Oh, yeah, dude. It won't take long. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh you don't God. have to riff on all of them. Wait, I got more things to say about Bernie. Oh, well, get, park it, pal. <laughs> I all love right? Bernie. <laughs> but before we do that, we got to talk a little bit about marijuana. Once again, recreational reefer will be legal in the state of Illinois on January 1. Mm. And if you're thinking about going out and buying some of this legal reefer on January 1st, well, you may want to read the following article from the Chicago Sun-Times and reefer writer Tommy Two Joints Shuba. <laughs> yeah, Two Joints, huh? Because chances are, especially on day one, one, yeah. And it's going to be a 100% grade A five-star hot mess. That's correct. Yeah. Here's the piece from Tom Shuba. Chicagoans excited to legally buy weed for the first time on January 1st will likely have to wait in line to get into the dispensaries in the city that will be selling recreational marijuana, and they will likely have a limited amount of pot products on their shelves. Translation, you'll have to get up at a god-awful early time on the most <laughs> hungover day of the year, the first one, January 1st, and wait in a huge line like you're buying Van Halen tickets or something. We're going to find out who really prefers weed over booze on January 1st, Ben. <laughs> Van Halen. I love the Van Halen reference. Yeah, Very yeah. 80s. Oh, you love Van Young Halen. Young Tom Shuba would not have used a Van Halen reference. You like Van Halen with David Lee Roth or uh, without him with Sammy Hagar? I... Stick to disco. 
What's more, with state lawmakers warning... I'm like, huh, Sammy Hagar? Hagar the horrible? David Lee Roth is way better. All right, what's more, with state lawmakers warning of an imminent <laughs> supply shortage, only nine of the ten shops permitted to make recreational sales of the drug in Chicago will be doing so. Maribus of Chicago and Brighton Park said Thursday it won't sell to recreational customers until February. Mm. Purchase limits. Midway Dispensary in Vidum Park plans to limit the amount of cannabis recreational customers can purchase based on how much product the dispensary has in stock when those sales come online. Here's a quote from one Leo Barajas. I probably butchered that last name. Sorry, pal. Quote, I hope that we're going to do enough with the cultivators to meet the needs of everybody, but is it a possibility that we're going to run out of product? However, representatives for other stores said sales won't be capped under the the amount allowed by law. Illinoisans will legally be allowed to buy 30 grams of marijuana flour, 5 grams of cannabis concentrate, and infused products containing a half gram of THC. Customers from outside the state will be able to buy half those amounts. But like we said here, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty crazy come January first if you're yeah, trying to actually lines. buy this. I know. I could just imagine. I will have forgotten this story. Uh, I will wake up. No, you. At some god awful early hour of noon on New Year's Day, and I'll be driving down the street and I'll see a long line of people. I'm like, what's that all about, man? And then it'll be, oh my god, that's a dispensary on Clark Street. So uh, yeah, it's gonna. It's funny. I pointed this out the last time. You know, there never seemed to be shortages back in the day in the seventies when it was nickel bag Bernie selling it. Uh, and then Maya pointed out to me, there's a lot of differences, Ben, between nickel bag Bernie and having to have legal, safe, uh, state supervised weed, etc. So stop making fun of state reps and legislators. They're doing a great job. <laughs> All right. All right. So that's what's going on. Oh, and also remember, very important here, and this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Medical marijuana patients come first in Illinois. All right. All the city's dispensaries are taking efforts to make sure existing medical customers aren't left in the lurch, like granting them expedited access to the store or allowing them to skip the lines altogether. All right. That's good news. All right. Let's find out our final new laws of 2020. Yes, the final one's going to be marijuana, okay. recreational marijuana yeah. legal in the year 2020. All right. Once again, thank you to WTTW for this list. It is the 20 new laws coming to Illinois in 2020. <laughs> that's correct. All right. Ben, what do you think of this list so far, by the way? I think it's a great list. Really? So, What's your favorite law coming to 2020 besides pot, you dirty stoner? Uh, legal. I can't remember any of them on the list. I mean, what kind of memory oh, thing? Yeah. That's a short-term oh, memory thing. I love thing. this list. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, way to improv it, buddy. All right. <laughs> the Obamacare thing. That's what I'm obsessed with. The Obamacare thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, time for our next new law. Uh, all right, I'll give you a new law. The law where it makes it easier to change your name. How about that? When you'd get divorced. Yeah. There you oh, go. wait. I hadn't thought about that. Is it still hard to change your name if you're not getting divorced? I don't know. Could be the divorce lawyers lobby that got this bill passed. Well, we hope all of you listening can remember these laws. I don't know <laughs> if our host really does. <laughs> Now, the next new law coming in 2020 to Illinois involves BYO containers. Starting next year, shoppers can bring their own... 
bring your own. You oh. can bring their own. I know. You're struggling there. <laughs> Starting next year, shop. I thought can... it was Brigham Young uh, oh, University. No. With an O. No. I couldn't spell. Starting next year, shoppers can bring their own containers to stock up on some bulk food items. SB 3440 permits retailers to allow consumers to fill or refill a personal container with bulk food if the containers Wait, are Wait, you clean. couldn't do this before? I guess not. I mean, this was illegal? I guess so. Remember Antonio, our dear friend Antonio? Oh, God. <laughs> I love Antonio dearly, uh, nicknamed Tonio. Anyway, Antonio would go to a store. Remember when they, they imposed the law, the rule in Chicago that you had to pay for a bag? Seven cents, a whopping seven <laughs> Antonio said it was the principle of the thing, D. And so he would take the bulk containers that you use for your produce, and he would put his groceries in there. Save seven cents. Oh, boy. I didn't know. Did you, I did not know it was illegal to bring your own. Why would that be illegal? Well, you're going to remember it for about <laughs> five minutes and forget all about it. So really enjoy this thing you've learned here. Uh, okay, go on. Continue. Right, SB 3440 permits retailers to allow consumers to fill or refill a personal container with bulk food if the containers are clean and sanitary and the dispensers used uh, prevent direct handling of the bulk well, food. Well, duh. What difference is I mean, you, you're already prohibited direct handling of the food, no matter you're putting it in a plastic bag that the store provides or whether you bring up your own lunch bucket, your own uh, Van Halen lunch bucket that Dennis has with Sammy Hagar on it. So I, I don't understand this rule. I don't understand why it was illegal in the first place. I'm more David Lee Roth than Sammy Hagar. Okay, okay. on to the next law. <laughs> this next law is yeah. all about clean water infrastructure jobs. SB 2146 establishes a new clean water workforce pipeline program that will train workers for water-related jobs, such as those required for treating wastewater and replacing lead pipes. This new law aims to lay the groundwork for updating severely outdated water infrastructure throughout the state. Ben, I know we're trying to talk you into getting a water job. Any thoughts of uh, running for that water rec gig anytime <laughs> next time it comes around? Uh, let me just tell you, I'm really... Uh, you love water. I'm deserving of that job. I uh, love water. I drink water. Yes, you do. Hold on. Let me have some. Oh, there you go. Mm. It's the Amy Klobuchar Kool-Aid. Oh, man. I'm suddenly seeing... Bright future for the senator from Minnesota. No, I uh, I think this is a good bill. This is a lot makes a lot more sense than that other bill, which it's not that I'm against the bill that allows you to bring your own container. I just don't know why it was ever illegal to not bring your own. I never heard of that. Benjamin on the uh, YouTube live stream chat simply uh, simply asks, lunch bucket? <laughs> good question, Benjamin. Who the hell says that? Yeah, well. All right. Let's power through this, Ben. More laws to talk about. All Another right. new law coming in 2020. It involves reefer, but this is more about medical reefer use in schools. Oh. Yeah. School nurses and administrators can now provide medical cannabis to students who are registered patients of the medical cannabis pilot program. Previously, only parents or guardians can do this. SB 455 <laughs> also allows students to administer their own medications at school under the supervision of a school nurse or administrator. So there's going to be some student who's going to be the cool kid at the school here I, I, coming very I, soon. Dennis, you've been administering your own uh, medicine when it comes to marijuana for years, yeah, long before it was state law. Yeah. <laughs> Buy it from my buddy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, good. This is a good law. That law makes sense. All right. On to the next one. Mm -hmm. Now, this one, huh, I wish we had a, a woman present to talk about it because it's never great when two 
white dudes talk about it, but this one is all about ensuring women's rights during pregnancy and childbirth. HB2 states that every woman has certain rights with regard to pregnancy and childbirth, including the right to choose her birth setting and be treated with respect before, during, and after pregnancy by healthcare professionals. The law also requires healthcare providers, daycare centers, community centers, and various state agencies to post these rights prominently on their websites. Does it say who sponsored that bill? Uh, no, it does not. Well, here, here for that bill. All right, on to the next new law coming in 2020. We're going to read uh, your comments on the live stream chat before we get out of here, too, guys, so don't worry. Uh, this new law coming in 2020, no more pay to stay. HB 900 eliminates the Illinois Department of Corrections' ability to sue an inmate to recoup the costs of their imprisonment. Wow, I'm staggered that they would even have that bill. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me get this. They're going to make the person pay for uh the stay huh good luck with that one getting the bill like wow what I, I'm, I'm stunned by that bill that now this this one is one of those bills uh, that really requires the deep dive because there's probably some story behind it that's outrageous that i don't know uh about somebody the state going after somebody but what a bizarre notion you know, like the person, the whole notion of um, of going to prison is you pay, you started paying your debt to society for something uh, that you did wrong. Not you literally paying your debt to society. Um, what are they going to start billing people for going to school? Can you imagine that? Uh, oh. Dennis, uh, we're, <laughs> the Alton School District calls you up. Um, there's a little matter of, oh, about $140,000. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just take it out of my paycheck. Yeah, I'm dropping out. <laughs> I'm going to cut wood with my dad. Yeah, so I don't know. That's a r ridiculous uh, right. law. We got three more new laws in 2020 mm -hmm. to go, but I feel like we need a little break from all this law talk we've been doing. Yeah, it's lawyers. legal talk. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how about we just do that bit we did? That was pretty funny when we were talking with Ramana, uh, Hipster Gator. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, this will definitely be one of our top 10 stories of 2019, <laughs> which you can check out starting Tuesday. All right, let's do the Hipster Gator bit here. Uh, this is me as a reporter talking to a hipster about okay. Gatorgate. You guys remember Gatorgate? All right, here we go. Uh, excuse me, random hipster. First off, why are you wearing a beanie? It's July. <laughs> Secondly, have you seen that alligator? I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some uh -huh. turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. Oh, oh no gators. Uh, random hipster. All right, let's do these three last laws. All right. <laughs> this next new law, pretty important one. Random hipster. Uh. He, saw, he saw some turtles. All right. All right, the next new law coming to Illinois in the year 2020 is all about educating prisoners on voting rights. Illinois prisons must provide educational workshops on voting rights and civics to outgoing prisoners. HB 2541 mandates that workshops be held at both adult and juvenile prison facilities to instruct inmates that their voting rights are restored as soon as they finish out their prison sentences. The new workshop will consist of three, count them three, 90-minute sessions taught by peer inmates inside the prison. Mm -hmm. I'm, this is a great bill. I'm for it. Part of the... Uh, the whole process of reintegrating yourself with society and being a, a productive citizen is 
participating uh, in our democratic processes. And I know I am always cynical and or I, I come off as being so cynical at times, but I've no, I don't think I've ever missed an election. I vote every year. Uh, even when I'm holding my nose and voting for people uh, that I don't like, or sometimes I leave it a blank. They, if I can't choose the two people that are I have in front of me, I'll just move on to the next office. Uh, so I, you know, it's, it's prisoners. You, they they did their time. They paid their service. So absolutely, uh, and don't try to pretend as though they can't vote, and don't try to keep them from voting. So I uh, I applaud this bill. All right, we got two more to go. I'm done with the sleigh bells for now. It's getting I kind like of the sleigh bells. Yeah, we'll do it at the end. Okay. All right, two more here. Uh, next up, the new law coming to 2020 in the state of Illinois is all about improving highway shooting investigations. Police investigating shootings on state highways will get a boost in the new year. The Illinois Expressway Safety Act upgrades the more than 600 cameras on state highways to ensure that they have recording capabilities and allows for a additional cameras to be installed along expressways in Cook County. Under HB331, images used from these cameras can only be used in the investigation of offenses involving firearms and detection of highway hazards. All right. I applaud that. You know, it's funny that uh, uh, people are very concerned about the uh, unworn intrusion into uh, their private lives or just uh, Big Brother, the notion of Big Brother is watching until there's a crime and they want an investigation. So... It's hard to be against that bill. All right. So that leaves us with our final law to discuss. The 20 new uh, laws coming to Illinois in 2020. Yes, people, it is time for number one. Recreational marijuana. We all we've been talking about it probably uh, too much. But when you ring in the new year, it'll be legal to buy and smoke marijuana in Illinois. If you're lucky with the passage of HB 1438, Illinois became the 11th state to legalize recreational use. You will not be able to grow your own unless you're a registered medical marijuana patient. But adults 21 and up will have legal access to marijuana sold in dispensaries across the state. Keep in mind that public use of pot products will be prohibited. That includes in bars and restaurants. That's it. Mm. Well, about time is what I say. Uh, I uh, many I, about ten years ago. I want to say no, no. It was about nine years ago. I started writing uh, stories about the need to uh, legalize marijuana. It's a weird thing, D. I've said this before on the show. It's like it, it's it's almost like anticlimactic now that it's about to happen. And I'm almost like, what was this all about? Why did we do this? But the reality is uh, that the war on drugs was a colossal waste of time, money, and effort and destroying families and communities. So the first step toward ending the war on drugs, legalize marijuana. Uh, there, more, there has to be more work done in this era, uh, area, including figuring out what we can do to pay uh, back the communities that were more, most ravaged by the war on drugs. But this is an important step. First step. So instead of being cynical and jaded and saying what took you so long, I'll say thank you for doing this state of Illinois. How about that, huh? I like it. So there you are. Positive for once. Yeah, it took about a week and a half, but... You now know 20 new laws coming to the state of Illinois in 2020. Starting Tuesday, we're going to do, well, I guess we're going to do it all on Tuesday because we'll be gone on New Year's Day. And on January 2nd, what's a top story of 2019 thing on January 2nd? We'll be in 2020. So on Tuesday, we will find out the Ben Jarofsky Show's top 10 local stories of 2019. And yes, that damn alligator's involved in it. (laughs) Okay, we, we can't avoid it, huh? No, we cannot. 
Uh, that's it. We're done, Ben. All right. Very good. I'd like to thank Ramana Hussein. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend. Oh. The pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. Back home at Alton. You know what they call him? Studio guest is not here. Well, what do you call him? Uh, thank you, studio guest, for asking. They call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hey, and remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites. And wherever else you download your favorite podcasts, downloaders, we live stream this show Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time. Once again, at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. Find us on social media at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. And Ben runs our Instagram account, The Ben Jarofsky Show, J-O-R, A, V is in victory, S-K-Y. He loves uh, seeing all your likes and comments. We'll see you next week.